We're talking everything cable today on the Consumer Goods Edition of Where the Money Is. Welcome to the show, Schools. We've got Consumer Goods Analyst Sean O'Reilly joining us today. How's it going, Nathan? It's good. We're going to talk cable, huh? Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. <laughs> it's a topic, a very polarizing topic, to say the least. Just a little bit. <laughs> so getting at it, why do you believe... Um, you know, why do you believe as a whole it is a polarizing topic? Why do people hate their cable subscribers? Well, on one hand, you've got one to $200 a month bills. People aren't increasingly, they're wanting to watch things when they want to watch them vis-a-vis -vis like Netflix. So they aren't huge fans of waiting till you know, Wednesday at 8 o'clock for their favorite show to come around. They've got to sit through all these commercials. So on the one hand, you've got this consumer trend towards choice and lower costs. I mean, Netflix costs $10 now, so this is like literally nothing next to a large cable bill. And on the other hand, you've got the simple fact that, you know, 50, 60 years ago, how were we watching TV? There were three networks. It was on a 12-inch screen. You may or may not have had color. Like, we've had these huge advancements to the point where you can get a movie that maybe just came out on DVD on demand on your television for $4 instantly. Huge TVs, awesome uh, video quality. So you've got the, these two competing things that are going on here, and that's really why it's so polarizing. Do you think um, part of the fact that the cable industry hasn't changed in 20, 30 years plays into it? or Yeah, and that really goes into where the industry is likely going because it used to be, you know, 30 years ago, it was the premium product. If you had cable, you were doing really well probably, and you had HBO, and it was living the good life. And then... It's become a lot more democratic. Most people a lot ha uh, most most people do have cable these days, but again, that has not changed. And these companies have spent billions of dollars investing in all these lines to get to us all. And now that we got what we wanted, we want more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, what do the surveys say recently that right. have come out? So this really, and this lends itself to I mean, go to the water cooler after we leave here. Everybody knows everybody hates their cable company. Mm -hmm. This may be because there's only one or two choices in a market, but Everybody knows that they're generally people are not happy with their uh, uh, cable. So earlier this year, the American Customer Satisfaction Index came out, and they pulled 70,000 consumers about everything from airlines to grocery stores and, of course, your friends and mine, the cable companies. The results were awful. For the cable companies. It was really bad. Worse than airlines? Absolutely. People are much happier with the airlines over the uh, cable companies. Not only that, but the biggest cable companies, Comcast and Time Warner Cable, who, by the way, are about to merge, hopefully, I don't know, mm -hmm. we'll see, maybe not hopefully. Um, the biggest cable companies are getting the lowest ratings out of all the cable companies. The local ones, the smaller players, they get a little bit better ratings, but generally the industry isn't, isn't ranked well. Um, the basic reason and the low ratings existed, according to the report, because consumers question the value proposition of both cable TV and their internet connections. They are paying more and more per year, and I think I saw a statistic in another report earlier, um, the cost of cable has been going up like 5-6% a year for the last 5-10 years. That is not inflation, that's way above inflation. Mm -hmm. um, so they're questioning the value proposition there, and they basically feel that they're paying more than they need to in terms of subscription TV and get less than what they want in terms of internet speeds and reliability. Um, the report went on to say that it doesn't help that most market co consumers don't have much of a choice when they're usually just one or two players. This is actually, of course, one of the reasons that uh, Comcast and Time Warner Cable are saying it's okay for them to merge because they aren't competitors. 
they're just in different markets, but then it doesn't really change anything. There's mm -hmm. just one or two players, and I, you know, we see this every time we move, buy a house, whatever. You've got Comcast and somebody else, or, you know. But anyway, so that that's what the report found. So you think, I guess, looking at it, customer status or customer service is an area why people dislike their cable providers. Now that's that's an obvious low-hanging fruit sort of argument. Right. But is it fair overall that? the general public dislikes their carrier or their cable company? I went in and out on this, so I went and actually dug into the economics of how much money these companies are making. And I do want to tip my hat to them. They are giving us better service and products than we had 50 years ago. We do all have broadband connections, generally, that allow us to stream Netflix instantly in our homes. A lot of us, you know, some of us have TVs that can do that. Others just use it on other computers. Um, you know, you've got more choices than ever. Some people don't want all those choices, but literally hundreds of channels in the premium packages, you know, DVR options. And I took a step back and I was like, okay, how do the cables view this? And from their point of view, they have spent literally hundreds of billions of dollars to create the infrastructure to give us what we have right now. If they had not done that, we might not be able to have high-speed internet connections in our homes. So there's that. Um, then I also looked at the overall profitability of the uh, companies, I just looked at two of the biggest ones, the ones that are about to merge, Time Warner Cable and uh, Comcast. Um, Time Warner Cable's return on assets are just 6%, and its return on equity right now, this is in the last two or three years, I think, was just 20, uh, about in the 27, 29% range, but for years they were below 10%, and as recently as 2011, it was just as high as 15%. The average American corporation, the S&P 500, has a return on equity of about 12%, so these aren't insane numbers. They're less than like an Apple or somebody makes. Mm -hmm. um, Comcast But still respectable numbers. But still respectable, mm -hmm. yeah. They're not, uh, I wouldn't say they're price gouging us or just doing anything <laughs> ridiculous, even though some of us feel differently. Um, Comcast returns are pretty similar. Uh, for the last six years, the return on assets have averaged about 4.8%. A return on equity is average 11.23%. And its highest level this past year was just 14.9%. So still respectable, but they're not, it's not excessive or crazy or anything like that. Um, so taking into account you know, that they spent hundreds of billions of dollars to build this infrastructure and the fact that their returns are, it's decent and you know, more recently getting even better. But um, I, the argument could be made that a lot of the pro negativity being lobbed at them is a little bit unfair. Mm -hmm. But um, on the other hand, there are a few other issues that uh, need to be taken into account. So you mentioned something interesting in terms of returns on equity or profits. Right. With the unbundling packages and, and what's happening with pricing altogether, do you see the profits as sustainable? You know, are these cash cows in the future? That, that's or? the million dollar question. Um, <laughs> In my opinion, and I've looked at a multitude of different reports and surveys or whatever, and actually I've looked at the pricing of the latest packages that say a Comcast or a um, you know, Time Warner Cable or a uh, uh, like a Verizon Fios or even an AT&T is coming out with. The industry kind of sees the writing on the wall with the advent of uh, you know, the Netflixes of the world. People want to be able to watch what they want to watch when they want to watch it, and they aren't huge fans of commercials anymore, especially when they're paying one to $200 a month for this stuff, and they can get Netflix with no commercials instantly for $10. They're starting to shift towards a broadband-based pricing model, and that is why I don't think any of these companies are going anywhere anytime soon. The simple fact of the matter is they own the toll road into everybody's homes in order to get the internet connections that we all need 
for the next step in this industry, which is on-demand uh, uh, viewing. So when you say broadband, more of um, right. the data sort of right. revenue model? And I saw this even in my own experience when I signed up for my cable package. I had two options. I could either bundle my internet with a cable, you know, just the basic cable, like 80, 100 channels or whatever, and the price difference was $10. Mm -hmm. They basically made it to where just for 10 more, 20 more dollars, I can get all these cable channels instead of just having the internet. Because if the price difference was, say, 50%, like 50, 60, 70 dollars, me and every other American would just get the internet, especially five to 10 years from now. Mm -hmm. so, so you look at it more as the industry's evolving, not right. dying? It's evolving, and the cable companies, they, for better or worse, still own all of the lines into our homes, mm -hmm. and that's not going to change anything. They will still need to make a decent return on the money that the hundreds of billions that have been invested, and that's the, you can't take that away. Mm -hmm. Well, it's an interesting insight. For sure. Yeah. Well, just the last thing for our readers and listeners today, um, just wanted to discuss, you know, lastly, we have many ways of helping our listeners invest better. And one of those is a special newsletter, which we have, which is our stock advisor service. So we do have a special going on, and listeners can go to wtmi.fool.com to learn more info about this service. Very good. Yeah. Well, appreciate you coming in today. No problem. Thanks, yeah. Nathan. Thank you, fools. Have a good one.